You got a bill for me, man? You know who I am, man? I am Razor Lamont. People find out I eat in this restaurant, they line up down the street, Chico. Get out of here, man. What's next? Maybe I can mop the floor for you. are now on the mark ladies and gentlemen welcome back to skyfall studios it is thursday march 10th 2016 69 degrees outside see you later cold weather the winter's gone the spring is here and uh, i can't wait to enjoy this warm weather folks we got a hell of a show lined up tonight as you all know our contract negotiations with tony nicky jr which have been going on for the past two two and a half weeks has finally come to a a solution. Tony signed on the dotted line last night. We have Tony now full-time here on the mark, and uh, we're going to really use his expertise to our advantage, and uh, it should be great for the show. Tony, how's it feel? feels phenomenal, man. I'll tell you what, I didn't get much sleep last night. This contract really started to pick up steam in the uh, the wee hours of the uh, morning. Signed on the uh, dotted line, though, and we're feeling great. My father made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Really couldn't pick a better day to get this contract signed. Got a great show tonight. My man, Chris Williams, fantastic stand-up comedian on the mark. It feels so good to have Chris here at Skyfall tonight. He's going to let us know what's going on with his career, and he's going to give us a tell-all, behind-the-scenes look at what's going on in his life. We also have Billy the Greek, my good friend, the kid is what I like to call boy genius. He's an absolute genius, and he's going to give us a history lesson on March 15th, otherwise known as the Ides of March, which you guys may have heard or may not have heard is the most unlucky day of the year, and it just so happens to be, of course, my fucking birthday. So uh, we're going to get into that. We got a lot going on, folks. We got Republican debates, we got a lot of NFL news, a lot of guys switching teams. Conor McGregor took a bad loss last weekend. Holly Holm took a bad loss last weekend. And we'll touch on all that, not to mention what's going on in Hollywood, in Washington, D.C., in Las Vegas, New York, London, Philadelphia, and Atlanta. My producer, Benny Spielberg, is giving me a look. We got to head to break. I can't wait to get this show underway when we get back. We're going to get into our interview, tell all, with the next Sammy Davis Jr., Chris Williams. And we're back on the mark. We got the hilarious Chris Williams here uh, getting ready to hop on a mic. We're going to get him all set up. But uh, before he gets on with us, let me tell you a little bit about Chris. Chris has performed at the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. He's performed in Manhattan at Comic Strip Live, where all the greats have performed. Eddie Murphy, 
Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock. Chris has also performed right here in uh, Philly at the Helium Room and Raven. Chris is getting hosting gigs all over the Northeast, from Philly to Jersey to New York. He's building a relationship and working with Power 99. Big up-and-coming talent we got here. Big up-and-coming guy, hilarious guy. Love catching his clips on YouTube. Love his material that he puts out there. All right, we got the mic all set up now for Chris. Chris, how's it feel to be on the mark? Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's, it's good, man. I'm in, I'm in South Philadelphia. You know what I mean? And you know the, the best part is, the funny part is, my, my boy texted me, one of my one of, one of my homies, my black friends, he said, he say, Chris, where you at, man? Let's get up, go out tonight. Let's go out. And I said, man, I'm in South Philly, man. He said, nah, man, hit me up tomorrow, man. Hit me up tomorrow, man. Yeah, I come here, man. I see this one guy studying the back, looking like Bobby... Cannavelli, what's the guy? I got guns, you got guns. Oh, he's like a, Empire. Yeah, he looks Jim like he looks like a young version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's he about to talk? He's studying hard too. He's like, and looks he, like Greek mythology or something. I don't know what he's. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it's Billy awesome. the Greek. That's Billy the yeah, Greek. Man. He's got his uh, stuff together. I got my stuff together, but it ain't about that. Well, uh, you know what I mean. Tell us what do you got going on, man? What just happened to me right now? I can't. I can't even lie to you, man. It's, you know, it's Thursday, right? Sure. Throwback Thursday. I just got... My boy sent me a mug shot for my friend, and he was like, Throwback Thursday. And I'm like, right. is that Rasheen? Yeah, it is. I was like, well, when was that? He was like, a couple years ago. I said, is he all right now? He said, nah, he's still in trouble. So, <laughs> so really, so, it's not a throwback Thursday. Yeah, it's now. like, I'm still in the bing. Still <laughs> in the bing. Still in the bing, man. But no, nah, I got a lot going on, man. I got a lot going on, man. Um, You know, I've been doing a lot of shows... I've been doing a lot of other things as well, man. I mean, you know, it depends. But you guys got to check me out, man. I'm about to go to L.A. I'm about to go to L.A., man. Tell you what, Chris, I saw you over at the Taj Mahal. I think it was uh, the latter half of last summer. Put on a great show. Oh, yeah, over yeah, the Taj. Yeah, I love it, Taj, man. You know, funny story. I started the Taj. We should do something behind the Trump Marina. There's a hole in the wall. It's called the Grand Fromage. Real hole in the wall bar. They, I think they redid it. But when we were there, it looked like, you know what I mean, like the back blocks of like Harlem back in like 60. It looked bad. And, and the crazy part is, like, my boy said, Chris, you want to do comedy? I said, yeah. And, you know, he said, I got an opportunity for the Taj Mahal. I said, okay. We ended up selling the place out, first time ever, and we had the Taj Mahal on lock. And ever since then, it's just been a real popular spot for a lot of comedians got on there. But, like, me and uh, my boy uh, Matt Bridgestone, I shout him out there, Matt Bridgestone, we and him, you know, we started there together. Um, so he just said, I have a friend doing comedy. He's trying his best, so... So is that how you got into comedy, Chris? Is that how you started uh, doing stand-up? No, 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 no. How'd the, you start, Chris? Let our listeners know. The way I got into comedy was I was just sitting in my apartment with, honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, like, I blew through a lot of cash. So let's just put that, you know, ladies don't expect much. I blew through a lot of cash. <laughs> like, you know, you know, 20000 you think it's nice. 30000 you think it's nice. We don't blew through a lot of cash. You know what I mean? But I was sitting in my apartment blowing cash, like, drinking Belvedere for no reason on a Tuesday. And I'm, I'm recording these uh, audio stand-ups on my phone. We got voice notes on the iPhone. I'm recording it. I'm talking about the gym. How I'm basically saying, if you get too big to be in the gym, you do not need to be able to go in there anymore. You should be suspended. You should be like, look, if you're maxing out all the machines, you, you can't come in anymore, bro. Like, it's too much. Yeah, right. So I'm recording that audio. And my friend Annie, she said, hey, I see you're doing, you know, stand-up audio. Why don't you come to New York where I'm at? She went to NYU. She's in theater. She's doing a lot of things. I'm like, all right, this is great. I go up there. My first time ever, New York City. It's this new comedy club that opens up. And the first couple of guys that go on, bomb. I'm like, well, all right. What am I going to do? My heart's beating a, a million times per minute. Right, right, right. I don't know what I'm going to do. 
But I go up there, first time ever, 15 minutes straight, nothing but laughs. And the bar noise even died down. Wow. People were like, you got to do this. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. That's where it really started. And it started in the most hostile territory you can really come into, which is New York City comedy. So yeah, yeah. It's a lot of competition that. out there. Yeah. And uh, a lot of known people are in the scene out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's New York and L.A., right? Yep. That's that, Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. When was the last time you were out in L.A., Chris? I would say like a month and a half ago. Nice, nice. We're out in L.A., man. Love uh, it out there. And it's funny because my, my boy, uh, my boy Jarrell, shout out Jarrell, he's moving to West Hollywood. I'm happy for him. I got friends on the West Coast now. My my one boy, uh, Monroe, we're so used to, but he's he's actually in Dallas now. So we're going to have Dallas, West Hollywood, man. I'm well, pretty you, excited about it. Do you have, uh, you know, hopes or plans, rather, to... Uh, perform in Dallas or uh, Hollywood anytime soon? You, you've done shows in Hollywood, no? Yes, yes, yes. We've done shows in Hollywood. Like I said, you know, Comedy Store. Comedy Store's pretty big out there. We've been there. Um, that's pretty much the, the marquee place. But West Hollywood is, is very built on a lot of a lot of stand-up comedians, a lot of people that come out there. They have their specials out there. If you look at the Netflix series, Netflix is all about that. Also, I mean, just look, my friends are out there, and it's only opportunities. Sure, sure. So many opportunities, man. Now, who who in the business do you model your game after? What comedians do you like? I would say as far as lifestyle, I would love to live the Richard Pryor lifestyle. Okay. I don't want to never see no more police in my life at my house <laughs> taking my ass to jail for killing my car. The legendary Richard Pryor. Yeah, and I, I can tell you why. I read his book, Furious Cool. Very good book. And this guy was the most out-of-control person I've ever read about and heard about. I mean, pretty much did cocaine every day. Okay. I don't know if you do cocaine every day. Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I can't do that shit. I don't know. I feel like I need to calm down every I'm now and then. I'm through a couple of runs. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can. T- Tony has had his battles with all different types of addictions. Yeah. You want to call your sponsor while we talk about this? or Some people call it a problem. Others would call it a solution. Depends on you and, and that's how he dealt with it. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is I realized the way Richard Pryor lived his life in the 70s and 80s, I realized there were no rules. Yeah, that's there right. were no rules. There's a lot of rules in in the 2000s, and especially <laughs> right, the right. especially 2010 and on. There's so many rules yeah. you can't even cyber bully somebody. Cameras everywhere. Get away with a thing. Yeah, you remember right. when you remember when bullies was in high school? You you know you get stuffed in a locker. Then the next yeah. day you you get brought out the locker Your and you get stuffed back in. You get stuffed back in because you're wearing the same shit from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's good. That's crazy. Good. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, nah, I mean, Richard Pryor, but if I could be any comedian I could take out for somebody, I would take Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock is the most politically correct. He's the, he's been the messiah, I think, for a long time. Yeah. Afghanistan! Afghanistan! I'm in Afghanistan! I don't know nobody in Afghanistan! I don't know what fucking Afghanistan look like! And even if I did, I would not talk to that Afghan ass for three hours! I won't talk to my daddy for three hours! Since he, he wasn't the one to die out, he doesn't die out. Now, what if I told you, Chris, I mean, I didn't think he was that politically correct at the Oscars. I thought he was. Okay, interesting. I thought it was pretty spot on. I thought it was pretty spot on. Interesting, yeah. He hit that uh, Oscars so uh, white topic pretty hard. What would you say? Well, anytime I think you talk about race the entire time, I just don't see it as politically correct. Do you think he talked race the whole time? I don't think so. I think he, he definitely attacked Will and Jada very early. Jada's mad. Her man, Will, was not nominated. For concussion, I get it, I get it. Tell the truth, I get it. Because what people don't understand is 
What was said about Will Smith was, um, I don't know if you follow the Fresh Prince at all. Of course. Yeah, great show. Great, everybody loves it. So they replaced the original Aunt Viv, the dark skin Aunt Viv, with the light skin Aunt Viv. Okay. Which people were like, oh, what's going on with this? But when the show came on that one season, they yeah. made that joke yeah. to that Aunt Viv to say like, oh, Aunt Viv, you look different coming down the stairs. You know, she was clearly a different shade. It was like night and day with that. That whole light skin, dark skin rivalry has always been... I don't know, fascinating to me because there's light-skinned and dark-skinned Italians, there's light-skinned and dark-skinned Irish people, so on and so forth, and there's never any animosity there. But I feel like there's animosity with uh, African-Americans. Uh, I think it just I think it just really comes down to um, attitude and economic status. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's made for a lot of humor on Instagram. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's great, man. You would think light skinned girls are ruling the world right, right now. <laughs> right, right, right. But right. really, if they don't look good, they ain't yeah, shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you know Absolutely. what I mean. But with with the whole Oscars thing, I thought it was very put out there, very very correctly from Chris Rock's standpoint, because the deeper root of it was basically, and I can just I'm break it down real quick for you. You have Aunt Viv, who was taken off the Fresh Prince show. She was taken off the Fresh Prince show because she would not conform to Will Smith, who always wanted to party on the set. The original Aunt Viv is a Juilliard graduate. She's a very serious actress and performer. She's a Broadway performer. Because Will Smith had Independence Day out. He had his right. whole thing going. Sure. He basically said, you know, he had a party in a dressing room like he always did all the time. And okay. he wanted her to come, and, and she was studying her lines. She said, no, I'm not here to party. I'm here to be an actress. So Will he Smith got said, see ya. Will Smith had so much power, it was unbelievable. We so had get rid nothing of to do with... Yes. Okay. Now, let's fast forward to Will Smith and Concussion, the Oscars. Okay. Basically, what she said about Will Smith was, Jada, don't be mad and boycott the Oscars because this is the best performance your husband can give. Jada's gonna boycott the Oscars. Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. <laughs> I wasn't invited. Which I, I completely agree. I think Will Smith's a great actor, but yeah. I think his only chance to win one was what? Pursuit of happiness. Will Smith never won an Oscar. So he was going through the same route as Leonardo DiCaprio. His, his closest. No, no, no. His cl- he was never near DiCaprio because no, DiCaprio right. was good every year. It was just a thing. Yeah, yeah, I, think yeah, yeah. I think it's about seniority, and I think they wanted him to, yeah, to work for it. Sure. Will Smith, though, had his only opportunity for pursuit of happiness, but he lost to who? Not a white actor. He lost to Forrest Whitaker in Last King of Scotland. Fascinating. Okay. Yes. Interesting. I'm yes. a big Forrest Whitaker guy. Exactly. Southpaw. So, fantastic so, movie. Oh, oh, great movie. Great, great movie. movie. So the original Aunt Viv said the right thing. She said, maybe this is the best performance your husband can give. Don't be mad and think oh, he can't get an Oscar that? nom. She said, yeah, he can't get an Oscar nom because this is the best he could do. And I agree. I don't think Will can push it to that level to get an Oscar. I think his only chance, in my opinion, was... The Pursuit of Happiness, and he lost to Forrest Whitaker. That's all you get. That movie was so sad, but a hell of a movie. Good oh, story. Oh, that movie was good. That was yeah. that's my favorite. I'm corny. My favorite Will Smith movie is Hitch. Now, she might say, this is a really bad time for me. Or something like, I just need some space. Or my personal favorite, I'm really into my career right now. believe that? Neither does she. You know why? Because she's lying to you. That's why. Hitch is my favorite too. It, it helped I, me get girls in, Hitch, in high Hitch school, is, college, now, Hitch, everywhere. Hitch you know? is my favorite too and I do love Independence Day. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. 
And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's faith that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. To exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. That is good. What do you think about the new one? I mean, you know, I'm not. I, didn't I don't love like the sequels. Cast. I don't I like new. Love the cast. I don't like new millennium sequels. I don't yeah, know, I think it's yeah. Nonsense. I mean, I can always go for a sequel if it's done right. I don't know if they did this one right. I felt like they didn't feel like they had to do it right because it's a summer blockbuster type thing. Yeah. They know, you know. Will Smith was Mr. July Fourth for a long time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Wild Wild West. Um, but a good movie. But it was a summer but, blockbuster. But blockbuster, movie. yeah. Yeah. And he got paid big money for that movie. It's also not fair that Will was paid twenty million for Wild Wild West. That's why Chris Rock was good. Yeah, and he I, said that, that was line. The funniest thing that he Chris said Rock that line. said. I love that. It was one of the funniest. He, he said yeah. some pretty yeah, yeah. spot on lines. Yeah, but and that should have let you know that this the tone like we're not here to right for sure pitch it for black people. It, yeah. it, it's to let people know because look. Guess who was at that show too backstage? Kevin Hart, who's gonna probably host the Oscars next year. Yeah, who Chris Rock made fun of. Kevin make movies fast. Every month. Porno stars don't make movies that fast. And yeah. if you saw the picture, Dave Chappelle was there too. Yeah, and th this is no story that's never been done before. Uh, Denzel Washington didn't win until training day. And there was a lot of talk about, oh, Denzel's never won and he's done some amazing movies. Yeah. And that was the truth. It's just how it works in Hollywood. You have to wait yeah. your turn. Leo waited forever. Yeah. We all know his resume. I thought he should have won for a different movie besides The Revenant. I love The Revenant, yes, though. I, I thought agree. I thought that you could not emulate being in an Arctic chill in a cold the way that he did that movie, though. Yeah, it was, it was wild. I mean, when he got in that, you know, I'm not going to get the movie away. He slept you, you know. in a horse. I would want to say to that. I didn't want to say it. Just let that sink in first. Yeah. He gutted and hollowed out a horse. <laughs> And slept in it to survive the night. That's insane. Also, absolutely disgusting. Yeah, it's and probably my least favorite scene. You know what's movie. crazy? You know what's crazy? When I'm drunk and I'm like in AC, me you and think Tone, that's sleeping me in and Tone, horse. no, 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 no. Me and Tone, we're out there sometimes. Right. I see him. Yeah. I say, "What's up?" Yeah. He catches me telling that story. I'm telling the Revenant story. I say, "Yeah, it was crazy. I was out by myself. <laughs> you know, they were after me. It was yeah. a bear hit me. Yeah. I fought the bear. I crawled, you know, miles and, and <laughs> meters. And it was crazy." And then they pick up girls these days, Chris. Oh yeah, I tell the Revenant story, but they don't know what it is. They yeah. think it's Inception. Right, right, right. Great so I tell movie. them maybe I should dream about you. How about Tony? He's always with a pretty blonde in AC. Huh? Always. I'll tell you always. what, though. I've seen a lot of girls fall for that Revenant story for this guy. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. You like you've been talking to black girls every time I come around. You switch it up. Oh wow. I'm, I'm like Baskin Robbins. I like to try all 32 flavors. Yeah, he's fucking every time I come around, he goes loving hip hop on me and shit. <laughs> I'll go anywhere. I'll land anywhere on those eight seconds. That's great stuff, Chris. I could talk to you all day. And uh, in fact, we're going to go to break and then I got to bring you right back because I, I want to hear a little bit more about what you got going on and what you got coming up. So, folks, when we get back, more Chris Williams. Chris Williams. Yes, yes. Chris, there's a lot of competition out there in uh, acting, in comedy. What are you doing to separate yourself from other young, up-and-coming comedians? Uh, I think the biggest thing that I try to do is 100%. You don't need to be that guy that I, I would say, like, I'm here every night. I'm doing jokes every single night. Watch me, watch me, watch me, because everyone's always on social media. So it's like if I'm posting something on your page every single day, if I keep inviting to my group every single day, I don't think you really want to see me. You don't oversaturate the market. Everyone has access to whoever they want. So it's like if they really want to see somebody funny, they'll click on them. Right. I'll come through with something new, something innovative, and something to a different level than I just did. Right. Which could make people more interested or more inclined to watch me than someone else that's saying like, Hey, I'm at this room again, and it's me. It's five hours to get in. Nah, you know what I mean? That's not me. I'm not doing that. You know, I do I do classy locations. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. It's my whole thing. You're like Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis. I mean, just Sammy Davis. Like, we try to be Class. stars, man. My boys are Italian. I'm, I'm pretty much, at this point, I'm 10% Italian. I grew, I grew from 5%. <laughs> yeah, you might be Sicilian. Yeah, I might be a little Sicilian. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, you, you got you to gotta separate yourself. But I think that... The more you feed into social media, the more you're going to lose when it comes to comedy. I think that if you watch too much stuff, the more unoriginal. Unappealing, unoriginal. Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're too much, too much. There was a quote that I did hear that I thought was very, um, very important. It was a quote from uh, Sidney Portier to Denzel Washington. You know how you see Kevin Hart everywhere, right? Sure. Uh, Definition of oversaturation. Oversaturation, right. Sidney Portier told Denzel, he said, if you want to be the best, he said, people will not respect you as much if they see you every day in the tabloids, in the newspapers, in the photos, in the, in the TV shows, they will respect you when you come out in the box office. Sure. After that, disappear. Yeah. And then Denzel said a quote to that. He said, I know how to be an actor. I do not know how to be a celebrity. Right. I respect that. Yeah. Because when you see Denzel at a Knicks game or a sporting event, very low-key guy. He's got his all-black Yankees fitted yeah. on, low. down low. My man. You know... In my opinion, your competition should never be the local people around you. My my target market right now, my only competition is Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, and, and you know, and I want to be like Richard Pryor. Right. 
That's what I'm. Okay, that's, what that, I look, that's a beautiful thing, man. Those are great. That's what I want to be. Great goal. You know what I mean? Great goals to keep in mind, man. Yeah. And, and you're you're working your way towards them for sure. So, Chris, what exactly you got going on over at Power Ninety Nine? Power Ninety Nine. I was at the uh, the Voltage Lounge. I got a call from uh, my boy High Def. He's a good rapper out of North Philadelphia. You know, friends with my other boy Meech. You know, the the great part is first time it was Cosmic Kev over at the Voltage Lounge off of Spring Garden, um, right here. Philadelphia, and then uh, April 29th, I'm gonna be with DJ Diamond Cuts, co-hosting the show. And you know, you know, DJ Diamond Cuts. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. gonna be, it's gonna be hype. Gonna be a lot of people dancing there. But you know, I'm, I'm planning on bringing my A game, and you know, I'm hoping that you know, I think Power 99 at this point, you know, should should be able to put me out there on the radio. And yeah. uh, we have some other things coming up, Mark. I'll tell you right now, you know, I, you I'm, I'm booming. I'm booming. Chris, let us know. Let the listeners know what you've got coming up. Because like you said, you're trying to go national. This show on the mark, this podcast went international last week. Wow. I'm so proud of that. That's such an achievement. I like and that. that's something I want to keep rolling here at On the Mark. But Chris, tell us what you got coming up. Well, what I have coming up, okay. I don't say too much, but um I'm on the mark, so mm-hmm. I guess we gotta give you the exclusive. Give us the inside tip. You'll be the you know, first to know. Yep. It's not finalized, but what we're doing is um we're in talks. I just had a meeting yesterday with Evolve Radio. They're going to be able to stream the show live. We're going to have the co-host or the host of the show on the radio station to be able to form that live. We're going to have my chef. He's going to be putting up his best dishes on the show, a professional photographer on the scene. And also, let's not to mention, we're going to have two singer acts. And we're going to have a big show. We're going to be selling out, I think, around 600 people. It's going to be an electric crowd. And my favorite part, I'm going to have a fog machine when I come out. I'm going to have a fog machine. So clarify this for me. I'm a, it's a lot going on, man. That's a big production. Yeah. You got a lot going on over there. Yeah. And, but, but clarify, what is that, a concert or a stand-up show? Or I'm thinking it's like a Kevin Hart-style stand-up where he makes it a big uh, show out of it. What I'm doing is I'm going to separate myself from other people. This is not a regular show. What we're doing for the comedians that come on the show, as soon as they're done, they'll get like seven, eight minutes. They're going to be done. They'll be asked like three or four questions, who they are, where they're from, what they're going to do, who they want to be in the future. And the best part is it's all streaming live over the internet. And we're going to be promoting on the mark. So, you know, not, not to mention, uh, that ticket money at the door. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, for the first time, I want to make it $10, even though it's going to be big production because only reason everyone involved, we all want to make a name for ourselves. Sure. sure. You know what I mean? I'm so, fine who I am. I don't sure. need I don't want to make money off of it. I get money other ways, you know what I mean? But sure. I want other people to understand that like, you know, this is the hustle. This is how you got to be. Yeah. You know, after this, okay, let's demand prices. Let's let people have an ego. Let's do it. But as far as the first time, let's humble ourselves. So are these other comedians and other artists uh, younger than you that you're taking under your wing and bringing them through this process for the first time? Or No, actually, these were guys, um, a couple of guys I'm going to bring on. You know, I want them to have new material. They were guys I brought on in my last Taj Mahal special, which was Chris Williams and Friends of the Taj Mahal, which went over very well, sold out crowd. So, you know what I mean? These Gorgeous are guys I'm bringing back. Gorgeous venue over at the Taj. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous venue Oh, you should see it. You should see it. They got the the electric strip going around with the yeah, with the yeah. letters and everything, man. And you yeah. uh, you did what about a dozen shows over there so far? Yeah, I would say I did a good amount. You know, now I just you know you can't do too much of one thing. Yeah, yeah, you sure. Know? Got change locations, keep uh, feeding people in different areas your material, see yeah. the reactions. Yeah, man. This, that, and the other. Chris, the shows are going great. The act is going great. You look great. You're in great shape. What what's the secret? Yeah, man. You know, I do it with the greats too, man. I work out on Sammy Davis Avenue. 
I'm doing curls. I'm doing pull-ups. I'm doing everything, man. But you know what, though? I'm a natural. I was born natural. You know what I mean? I was born natural. I was born with cocoa butter. I mean, Chris, you look like you're in the gym what, four, five, six days a week. I am. I am. I am. But you know what? It's more rocky workouts, man. You, you understand that in South Philadelphia. It's more, it's more like we're hitting, we're hitting meat. You know what I mean? We're jogging up steps. No, no, no. Just Are God. Are you kidding me? Just God. No personal training? Nah, nothing, nothing like that. You know what? Uh, you know, there's a girl I like at Chipotle that I talk to, but other than that, you know. What, that's your girlfriend? A Chipotle nah, employee? Just, just a girl I go see after I get swollen, you know, before it wears off, I, you know, I let her know what, what it you is. you get, the burrito bowl? Yeah, I get her burrito bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know uh, what I mean? A lot of, lot of yeah. nice looking girls at the gym. Yeah. I build a wall can, around her, Donald Trump style. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she's mine now. You could meet, you can, you know, foreseeably meet a chick at the gym, Chris. What do you see at the $10 gyms? Uh, average. Yeah, average girls are right. It depends. Do you yeah. like average girls? Sometimes. I would agree with you. You know what? A, <laughs> a generic woman, I don't even like to call them basic anymore. They're, they're kind of hot yeah, sometimes. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. So it's kind of hot because they, they stay in. They don't want to stay out late, you know? Yeah. Light skinned girls ruined my life, man. <laughs> What'd they do to you? Chris? They were on the mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other ways. Yeah. They're Maybe we'll mark. get a few of them to actually come on the mark. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended, folks. <laughs> Can I tell you right now? I'm going to tell you one secret about the black race right now that I have going on. Chris, not to cut you off, but speaking of God in the gym. So I met this girl, I got her name, we started having a little conversation. She said, you know, what's your diet like? And I would just really start talking up my diet, high protein, low carb. So then I got home from the gym, showered, got changed, and I had snow caps and a Corona for dinner on my couch <laughs> watching NFL Network free agent signings. So, uh, but hey, the gym's a hell of a meeting ground. It is. You know what I mean? You can meet a lot of pretty ladies at the gym. Girls that care about their health. These are girls that are wearing tight fit clothing. Oh, yeah. Black girls with attitudes. Some of these girls dress better to go to the gym than they do when they go out on a Saturday night. I agree. Right? At least they look better. Right? Uh, Exactly. So, Marky, tell me, where where do you go with a conversation with a girl you're meeting at the gym? Well, I told her. I said... I said, sweetheart, why don't we go over to the hip abductor machine? I want to teach you some new techniques that you might be able to utilize during your regular workouts. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a couple nice tricks up your sleeve there, yeah, Jim. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we did the hip abductor machine for a good 20, 25 minutes. Jesus, Mark, how many sets you get in over there? High reps. She, uh, she barely could walk when she got up. Then I took her over to the squat rack. I said, honey, let me spot you. Oh, Lord. I said, said, let's make sure you're doing this properly. I don't want you to pull a muscle. I don't want you to hurt yourself. Let me, you know, let me show you how to do this. Snow caps kicked in. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I had the snow caps back home in the fridge. I knew that was going to be my after post-workout nutrition. Now, Mark, you've had a couple problems on the squat rack, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, you're right, Tone. Back in uh, 2010, I uh, blew my knee out. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Squatting uh, some heavy weight. was it? No, no, it was a little bit higher than that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I blew my knee out. Oh. I couldn't walk for for weeks. 
I think the important part of that is you really know the technique now. You learn yeah, some well, things from you that. Learn through trial and error, just like anything else. Okay, so you help these girls out. You you tell them a little thing about the gym. You go out with them afterwards. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you know, I I met this girl, and uh, you know, we said, well, let's go out and get some drinks. And you know how before you you know you go out with a girl for the first time, you're always wondering maybe you know what should I wear? Sure. What's the right choice? On the first date. Yeah. You'd like to make it a right impression. You don't want to overdo anything. You don't want to necessarily underdo it either. But I knew she was a gym lover. So what do you go with? Well, that's what I was just going to say, Tony. I know she's a gym lover. I like going to the gym. So I said, well, let me wear the bodybuilding.com white t-shirt. Oh, God. Yeah. So to yeah, show you're kind of yeah. real adamant about yeah. the weightlifting? Yeah, show my uh, passion for it. All right, see, it's not the worst plan in the world, but let me ask you this. What did she show up in? She was wearing a ball gown. We went to the opera, Tone. It was the biggest mistake of my life. Oh, horrible, Mark. She never called me back. And, and I always wonder, you know, I don't know why she never got back to me, but I, I put it on one of two reasons. One, it was either the bodybuilding.com t-shirt, terribly underdressed for the opera. Or two, it was the coupon I gave her at the end of the night. Coupon? What kind of coupon are you giving out? Well, on a piece of folded up printer paper, I made a coupon for my personal trainer business venture. I oh, so had this is a business it. card you're giving out? Yeah, this is a makeshift coupon business card type thing. Folded up a piece of white printer paper and with a Crayola crayon and a number two pencil, I said, I wrote on it, free first 30 minutes, glute blasting. Thought I was, you know, it was like a gift. Instead of like a dozen roses, I gave her this coupon. Well, Marky, I'm sure after you give her that coupon, she wasn't feeling as good about you spotting her in those squats. Wow. Tony, you might be onto something. That, that could be it, huh? Well, it goes from a personal training to all of a sudden you look like a molester. Offering a, a, a young, beautiful woman a glute blasting session isn't, uh, doesn't have anything to do with molestation. Mark, you wrote it with a number two pencil. It's the definition of molestation. The business venture was just getting off the ground. It was a startup company, man. Was just trying to, you know, get get the word out there. You used a Crayola crown. <laughs> I know what I used, Tom. You don't have to tell me what I used, because I was the one who used it. I know I'm resting, I'm resting. Mark, you scared the shit out of this poor girl. Like I said, I, I think she canceled her uh, membership at the gym. I haven't seen her in months. She may have blocked my number. I don't know. She might have left the country for all we know. For all we know. Chris, we do a little segment on this show called The X-Files. Kind of gets people into trouble. It's, Learn true colors. Okay. It's been known okay. to get some people into trouble. It's also a way we, we find out a lot about people. Yeah, kind of kind of dig into your soul a little bit. Yeah. I like that. I got soul on black. Yeah, yeah. We dig into yeah. your soul. We dig into your your love history. My James Brown. Your James Brown. That's ah! right. That's right. Yeah. Big fan favorite this segment is. Yeah. So now, folks, my favorite segment, The X-Files. Benny, hit the music. This is The X-Files. Chris, why don't you tell us about your uh, your ex-girlfriend? From what I know, she was from West Philly. Kanisha. Okay, from Kanisha. West okay, Kanisha yeah. from West Philly. She was cool. She was cool. I thought it was like a Will Smith situation. I thought it was cool. Because, you know, growing up, you watched the... 
we talked about earlier, you know, you know, the Fresh Prince. Right, right. But right. it was nothing like that. It was just, you know. Why didn't it work out, Chris? Kanisha, she had a couple things going on with her, man. Such as. Such as, like, you know, uh, you know, I'm about to use the N word freely. She uh she was talking to some other niggas, you know what I mean? Oh, oh man, so yeah. you were just the, you were the side side guy. That wasn't the side guy, it was the main dude, but like oh, one time man. I remember she got a call from her phone. It was a weirdest thing. She got a call from her phone and the phone was ringing and then I was like, "Pick it up. Pick it up." She didn't pick it up. Right? Then it was ex-boyfriend from jail, and that's when I realized some girls got boyfriends in jail. You know what I mean? The, the Were you in love with her? Of course, man. She has some big titties though. Yeah, she had a nice body. Like they were D's. They were D's. Yeah. Those some, you know, Double I mean, like, D's on her remember, chest, uh, like Daredevil? remember Rich Boy? Throw some D's on it. Uh-huh, she, okay. she, she was uh-huh. Rich Boy, man. Uh huh. She wasn't that dude, but she had some Rich Boys All on. All right, so she was good looking. Yeah. But she was a cheater. I but she had that. baggage. Baggage. We'll call it baggage. I wouldn't say she cheated on me because I think she just like. She's entertained situations, which when yeah, you're hurt, me, when you're me, ego. you don't got time for that shit. You're like, who's this? And like, right, you know, right. then, then eventually somebody called my phone. Then it calls problem. I got to say, when my girlfriend gets a call from her ex-boyfriend just out of prison, I think it's time to punt. What do you say, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Most likely I spend, I send my special teams unit out there and uh, punt it away. Play it safe. Yeah. So get rid of the chick. Well, that's what you did, right? I'm single now. So did I do the right decision? Only God knows that. Yeah, well, God helped me in the gym early, I'd say that much. I was going to say, did he mention anything while he was training you earlier? Yeah. So, how did it end? It was one time that, like, she came back to my house one time. Out of family situation, you know, a couple of things went on. And uh, she went to the gas station. I said, hey, Kenesha, you know, get gas, come back to my house. I ain't fucking playing with you, right? She was like, all right, got you. She got gas. You know this bitch, high tell it to the highway? She but you know in Jersey, anything. you know in Jersey, they do your gas for you. Yeah. So it's credit. So she got the gas, dude put it in, and she went off. She was like, she was like, Doo. red flag. In her car. Red flag. So I'm in my car. I'm like, bitch, I told you to just go back to my house. So we were driving separate cars. I was like, bitch, I told you to go back to my house. So I followed him, bro. I'm side by side with the bitch. I'm side by side with the bitch. She's running away from you. You know what I did? I had nothing but pennies in my car. So I threw pennies to that bitch car, bro. I'm fucking throwing pennies at the car. Chris, it's this crazy. This was your girlfriend and she's running away from you? You're yeah, in a high speed it. chase. Yeah. And she was. I, Are I you was sure like, she was your girlfriend? Yeah. And you know what's crazy about it, though? She looked like she was scared to death. And in my opinion, I was just like, bitch, I thought we had something going on here. You know what I mean? Whoa. So then whoa. it Tony, got too far. Tony, Tony, maybe I'm a little fucked up. Maybe I don't know what I'm listening to right now. Does this sound like Kanisha was Chris's girl? I'm a little bit worried about you here, Chris. You're chasing oh, she was my girl. How fast you going? She, she was my girl, but guess what? You can't be chasing her going 110 down a highway. You don't drink and drive. You don't drink and drive. That's right. That's you right. know what I mean? But, you know, I learned that once they got a couple exits up, I said, you got to let her go. You got to be a mature guy. I already threw paintings at a car. I threw a quarter. Wow, quarter. That was breaking out the big guns. Yeah, you know what I mean? I threw a fucking quarter at a bitch car. But you know what, though? It wasn't the last night, but, you know, that was the last time I was officially with Kanisha. From okay. West Philly. You know okay. what I mean? All right. Yeah. And ended up costing you about 78 cents throwing all that cheese. Yeah. 78 cents. I rolled back feeling like, you know. She was a know. gold digger, man. Pennies, Chris. Come on. You, you got to do better than that. Over here at On The Mark, we don't throw pennies. We only throw dimes. I threw a quarter. Oh, no, you really did it. What about a half dollar? 
What about what about a sack of Jawea? Did you throw a fucking sack of Jawea at her, Chris? <laughs> I had Canada coins. I fucking hit her with some Costa Rica coins if I could. Son of a bitch is <laughs> son of a bitch is throwing pesos over here. Hey, I hit her with a I hit her with a Paco coin. What about a Septa coin? Hit that bitch with a Septa and a Paco coin, bitch. Then she didn't even break stride, man. She's a thoroughbred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was fast and furrowed, nigga. <laughs> so I just got off on the exit, though. You were getting your Paul Walker on. Yeah, oh, whoa, too soon. Tyrese? Calm down, Brick well, Mansions. Calm down, Brick Mansions. You know, went too far now. Brick Mansions. Not a bad movie. Great. Uh, yeah, not great, it but cool it's good. It's on Netflix. I love I mean, it. Any, anything with. RZA is considered a regular movie. All right, Chris, I know you got to get out of here, man. Uh, yeah, man. Thursday night. Did you find anybody to to hit the town with or what? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my car up and uh, I'm going to ride up and hit the strip club with my boys and, uh, you know. You're going to ta- take your talents to Delilah's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Gold rings, a couple things. Really you know what I mean? Really big team. Yeah. Got a lot of big rings, a lot of big things. You, you, yeah, yeah, you, heard, yeah. you heard it before. Yes, sir. Chris, it was a pleasure having you on. Love you, man. Yeah, love you too. Love it, man. We're going to have you back. Appreciate it, man. I love it. Good luck with the show, the big show. Anything else we need to know real quick coming up? Hey, man. Every time I come out, I'm going to be on the mark, man. That's all you got to know. All right. Every time you're in Philly, then you're going to be on the mark. That sounds good. We're going to hold him to it. We're going to hold you to it. My guy, stand-up comedian, Chris Williams, a.k.a. Young Sammy Davis, the entertainer. It was a pleasure. We'll be right back on the mark. Skyfall Studios, hopped in the limo, heading up 95, heading over to Delilah's. Had a lot of good nights over at Delilah's. But hey, Tone, that was a good interview, no? That was a good interview, man. He's going to enjoy himself tonight. And folks, Chris Williams, he's got some great material. Make sure you check him out. Absolutely, absolutely. He's he's on top of his game right now, only getting better, refining his craft. I can't wait to check him out uh, at his next show. Yeah, for sure. Tony, we had a lot happen uh, in the world of UFC last Saturday, huh? What a crazy week. Our guy, Conor McGregor. Knocked on his ass, huh? Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, you know what it is? It was the short notice on the opponent change. Went up in weight class. Turned out to be a huge problem, man. Huge problem. I mean, he pelted Diaz early, where a smaller fighter would have went down in the first round. That's the huge problem. But Diaz is a noticeably bigger guy. Noticeably bigger in all aspects. Was not going to fall. And I'll say this, leading up to the fight, I thought it was so funny when he told McGregor, he said, well, man, you fight midgets. Yeah. And boy, great. didn't that end up being a thing. Because the yeah. hits he was taking, man, busted up, bleeding. Yeah. But that man was not going to fall. He's going to make McGregor fight for five rounds. Yeah. And, you know, once McGregor started uh, going to the mat, looking for a takedown, 
that's not his game. So that was you the knew end. it was desperation. You knew that was the end. Yeah, really? Anything can happen in these UFC fights. Isn't it crazy, Mark? That's what makes it so special. I mean, that's the draw. That's what makes it so appealing to a lot of people. But uh, what was the Vegas action looking like this week, Tone? Nobody would know better than you. Yeah, I really couldn't touch the fights. I'll say that. I was a fan. Diaz was coming in at about plus 360. McGregor at minus 450 on your money. Very expensive to go McGregor. And we didn't like that there. I was talking with a couple of my boxing or fighting guys, and they had watched a lot of film, and they knew Diaz was going to be a tough matchup. So yeah. long, so big for a guy so like experienced. McGregor. So experienced, exactly. 30 years old, had a lot of pride, and just the things he was saying leading up to that fight. You know his mind was so into it. I thought he got into McGregor's head a little bit, man. And when he didn't fall on that round one, McGregor knew he was in trouble. Yeah, McGregor constantly was saying, I wasn't efficient with my energy. And I guess when you're fighting somebody of Diaz's caliber, of Diaz's size, you better be efficient with your energy. You better make them hits count, man. You really better. Because we saw that, I don't know if you saw that Kimbo Slice fight, couple weeks ago, those guys were staggering around like two drunk hobos. Isn't it crazy it's even the same sport? It's unbelievable. Two drunk hobos. That's good, man. Those guys, they looked horrible. They They were were leading. They were laying on each other out of breath. It was embarrassing. It was bad for the sport. It was horrible to watch. But really, as bad as that was for the sport, this past weekend was just phenomenal for the sport, man. McGregor goes down. Even Holly Holmes at minus 300. She loses to the girl who got knocked out twice by Rousey. Well, you know, that's what people can't forget. That chick that she lost to fought Rousey twice. Experienced fighter. Number one contender, I believe. Yeah. At, at some point. Yes. So, she was no joke. I I didn't understand why she was getting dogged like that. She was no joke. She was an ex- another experienced, highly talented fighter. And the thing about Misha Tate that I find funny is she's very good on the ground. She's one of those ground fighters. Wants to get you on the yeah. ground. That's Ronda Rousey's strength. That led to a big problem for Tate. Now, in this fight, you fight somebody like Holm, known for her boxing background. She wants to be on her feet. All of a sudden, you take that fight to the ground, and just like the Diaz fight, turns out to be a huge problem for Holmes. She looked like she could have gotten knocked out in the second round. Yeah. Battled through that. Won probably the other rounds by points, but really, once it went to the ground in that last round, there was no way Tate was losing. Tone, what was the action uh, on that fight looking like in Vegas? Holmes sitting about minus 300. Tate, again, not great odds at plus 230. There was a lot of signs that told you this fight could be trouble because when McGregor and when Holmes and Rousey, when they're huge favorites, Rousey was about minus 8-900 in that Holly Holmes fight. Now, this one was only minus 300. A lot of people were suspecting it could get wild on Saturday night, and it did. You know, Tone, we're both McGregor guys. We like him. He's good for the sport. But I got a lot of respect for Nate Diaz after that fight. Cool dude. Tough guy. Tough guy. That's what you love him. Yeah. Bloodied, beaten, yeah. got owned in the first. Noticeably more bloodied up than McGregor was at the end of the fight. In fact, I noticed, and I'm sure everybody who, who watched noticed, Diaz was punch drunk as hell during his post-fight interviews. For sure. Things <laughs> coming out of his mouth. Yeah, what the hell was he talking about at times there? He I heard punch drunk. And McGregor wasn't. Yeah, well, McGregor got put on his back, and then yeah, exactly, and then that's it. He he's get, gonna get choked out. Yeah, he didn't get pelted. Listen, he had two options. A lot of people were talking about him tapping out. He was either gonna tap that's out, or he was gonna is. end up once, like home. Once you're in that hold, it's over. It's over. There's yeah. no way out. You, you know, can end up passed out like home was. 
And folks, it doesn't take a you know UFC experts to make these type of claims. This just is what it is. No, but isn't it crazy how big UFCs get, man? It is huge. I think back 10, 15 years ago when it was coming up, and I wasn't really into it. I was always an adamant boxing guy, but this stuff now is getting good, man. Anything can happen inside that octagon. Tone, I'm going to use this moment to announce to uh, all the listeners and yourself that in just two weeks, I'm going to begin training for UFC 197, where I will be facing off against the legendary Irishman himself, Conor McGregor. Jesus, Mark, this is going to turn into Rocky IV. He dies. He dies. <laughs> Tone, I take this very seriously. I got the body of a professional athlete, and I intend to finally put it to use. I don't know if that's the sport for you, Marky, but do whatever you think is best. What, you don't think I can compete? Mark, I gotta say, I think you'd look horrible. It's funny you say that, Tone, because now I'm gonna bring it into another segment on this show that we'd like to use. The You Look Horrible segment. Ew. You look horrible. This week's lucky contestant, Holly Holm. Perfect time to get her on the show. Perfect plug for Holly. Holly had her reign on top after uh, beating Rousey. Got a lot of publicity. Never really prettied up like a Rousey did once the publicity hit. No, she's solid. Big girl. You know, she could be confused for a tranny. Right. You you really need a cute face if you're going to pull off that muscular look. Oh, that yeah. toned look. The guy's body look, I like to call it. Right. For lack of a better term, sure. Yeah. The guy's body. But that face, Marky, oh man, all freckled up. Yeah, she, she's got the freckles, and I'm not indicting anybody with freckles, because I've seen pretty girls out there with freckles, but uh, it just doesn't work for her. Doesn't work at all for her. I mean, there are pictures of her where, obviously, the arms, and, and frankly, the chest of a man, a forehead that can reach the heavens, and uh, the face of a, a beat-up old man. And you know what else really lost my interest? And I think Benny can vouch that this happened. But Benny, if I'm not mistaken, didn't after the Rousey fight it came out she had a really huge vagina? Oh, no. A large clitoris, I believe. That's what I heard, because steroid allegations followed. A large clam. Apparently, Mark, a large clam is a side effect of steroid use. Wow. That's what I heard. Man, I'm telling you, her smile can clear a room out. She has a Horrible smile. It's bad, Mark. Uh, ah, poor girl. And you know what? She's nice. Always had a good attitude, Holly Holm. Yeah. Hard worker. Hell of an athlete. Of course. Boxing champion before she was, uh, well, now not, no longer undefeated, but I was going to say before she went undefeated in the UFC. Yeah, I mean, look. Impressive athlete. Like we say, folks, she's a millionaire. She can handle this. She's famous. She can take this. Absolutely. And I'll say this, Marky. You know, nobody necessarily looks at their best after they've been sweating and working out and all, but boy, when she's in that ring and she's getting hot and sweaty, she <laughs> looks horrible. Just horrible. I mean, she really looks like a character from maybe The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, and she'd beat your ass. Hey, God bless. God bless you, Holly. You look horrible. On that note, folks, we're going to go to break real quick, and when we get back... We're going to have history buff, boy genius. Some of you may know him as Billy the Greek. Others may know him as Billy the Aardvark. He'll be live on the mark as soon as we get back. 
segment last week called Mark the Date, where we kind of broke down Jessica Beale because of her birthday. Tonight, we're going to break down a cataclysmic historical event that took place during the Roman Empire and gave us the Ides of March. Tone, what do you think of this Mark the Date segment? Does it have a shot? This is a nice segment. We can go anywhere with this segment. That's what's fun about it. Yeah, and, and I like being able to go anywhere. Love going anywhere. I mean, here, last week we were talking about your audition for 7th Heaven. Now this week we're getting a life lesson. Julius Caesar. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty special. Folks, let me introduce to you boy genius, Billy the Greek. Billy, we're so happy to finally get you on the show. How you doing tonight, Bill? I'm well. How are you? Good, man. Good. So, I hear that you're a big-time history buff. What, uh, what are your qualifications? I majored in the Greek and Roman classics with a concentration on civilization, which would be history, literature, sociology, religion of the ancient Mediterranean world. Beautiful. Now, your, your resume also reads that you, uh, you studied in Italy. Yeah, for 18 months. How was that? Phenomenal. You were all over the boot, huh? All over. I don't know why I came back. I hear you. It's heaven on earth over there. To put it lightly, yes. To put it lightly, yes. Also, you lived in Greece for a little while. Yeah, not too long, but I did live there. What's, what's your background? What's, what's your ancestry? Being a history buff, I did some research into where my family's from. My grandfather was from a town in Calabria called Papaniche. Papaniche was a Greek settlement. Now, going back thousands of years ago, anything from Naples down to to the bottom of the boot of Italy mm-hmm. was called Magna Graecia, which mm-hmm. meant Greater Greece. It was just all Greek colonies that settled in Italy. So, fast forward a couple thousand years later, my grandfather was born in Italy, fought under Mussolini in World War II, got stationed in Greece. Wow. Met my grandmother in a village called Ashproclesia. Okay. Never went back to Italy. Interesting. Interesting. Now, your father, where was he born? My father was born in Ashproclesia. But your father being born in Greece, but he is actually Italian. Being that my grandfather, my papu, fought under Mussolini, my father automatically became an Italian citizen. Okay. And while they were living in the village, they were known as Italiu. They were the Italians living in Greece. Okay, okay. Billy, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm impressed, man. That's, uh, that's some good lineage right there. That's some strong lineage. I like that. So why don't you, you know, delve into the Ides of March here and how March 15th got labeled that and why it is the most unlucky day of the year. <laughs> Where do I begin? First, the Ides was a name of the day of the week. Wow. They had three names for days. They were Kalendai, Nonai, and Ides, Ides. Mm-hmm. The Ides signified the middle of the month. 
in March, the E-Days fell on March 15th. And Shakespeare actually made the Ides of March famous in his play Julius Caesar. There is some sort of augur or some sort of um, fortune teller. And he walks by Julius Caesar and he says, Caesar, beware the Ides of March. So it happened on the Ides of March, March 15th. Caesar was stabbed 23 times by conspirators led by his pupil, Marcus Junius Brutus. Wow, so Julius Caesar got a warning. According to Shakespeare. According to Shakespeare. Now, now oh. Shakespeare got his uh, references from ancient writers like Suetonius, Plutarch. He might have embellished a little bit and made the story more fanci- dramatic, more dramatic, fanciful, but this is what we're led to believe happened on March 15th, 44 BC. For those of you who don't know, Julius Caesar was the... Dictator of Rome. He came from a wealthy family. They weren't exactly politicians. They were more just socialites. Okay, I know a few socialites. You being one. Maybe, some may say that. He used his power and his money to enter into politics. Most people of his status joined the army. Okay. So he was a general for a while. The way he became dictator, he was out in modern-day Spain. Which wouldn't have been far from Roman territories. Well, well it, it was a Roman territory. It wasn't a Roman territory, oh, yeah. Okay. He was going there to bring it into a Roman territory. To make it into a Roman territory. Yes. And at that time, he was in competition with another socialite general, Pompey the Great. Okay. Is that who Pompey was named after? No. Oh, okay. So Caesar gets word of this, his faction, Pompey's faction are warring, and Caesar's like, you know what, I'm coming back to Italy. And the Senate gave him a warning. No army was allowed to march on Rome. No army was allowed inside the Roman walls. That would be considered, what, a war crime? Yes, it was just something you wouldn't do. Okay. And there's a river in northern Italy called the Rubico, the Rubicon. Okay. Caesar is leading his army. Now, back then, whoever the general was, it was their army. It wasn't a Roman army. It right. Was, they thought of themselves as Caesar's army. Right. Because a lot of the armies were compromised by territories that Rome conquered. Yes. That's how they gained citizenship. Yes. To Rome. The Rubicon was like a natural boundary of Italy at that time. And the Senate said, do not cross the Rubicon with your army or else. And Caesar, so boldly, crossed the Rubicon, Mm. and he comes up with this great saying. Caesar is known for these short, terse little sayings. He says, alia yacta est. The die is cast. The die is cast. Whatever happens, happens. Gotcha. Marches on Rome. A civil war ensues with Pompey and Caesar for years. Finally defeats Pompey. Because of his power and because of everything that he did, his boldness, they named him Dictator. Dictator at that time meant one who says. Okay. In times of turmoil in the Roman Republic, they would name somebody who could make all the decisions for Rome. Somebody they trusted and was smart enough, and they trusted Caesar, but um, he never relinquished that power. Until? March 15th, 44 BC. When? He was assassinated by Marcus Junius Brutus and his co-conspirators. Folks, hence that's why we have the Ides of March, March 15th, the most unlucky day of the year. Billy, thank you. That's beautiful. Now, something you told me before we went on air. 
you told me that we're sitting here today in beautiful South Philadelphia at Skyfall Studios because of Julius Caesar. Correct. Why is that, Billy? Caesar was assassinated because while he was dictator, he was doing some things that the Roman people didn't approve of. He started wearing purple. Purple at that time was a sign of royalty. He Interesting. Was, he wasn't a king. He wasn't a monarch. He was a dictator. Hence the purple in the show's logo. Yes. Go on. Also, during his parades, his triumphs, he would, wear, he would paint his face red. Now, scientists have done studies on ancient statues and they found that they have paint molecules on them. And when they found statues of gods, they found paint on their faces. Can you guess what color it would be? Red? Exactly. Caesar would start painting his face red when he was out in public, signifying to everybody that I am a god. I am above you. Wow. Roman people were not exactly happy with him. Yeah. When I hear a face paint, you, you think barbaric. Yes. And that's fascinating that somebody who lives like uh, such a lavish lifestyle and was from the most contemporary society in the world at the time would resort to a face paint. Yeah. It is interesting. So he was doing things that were upsetting the wealthy, upsetting the higher class of people, which ultimately led to his downfall. They wanted to kill him because they were afraid that he was actually going to become a king or what we think of today as like a dictator. Okay, go on. What ultimately happened was counterproductive. When they assassinated him, his adopted son Augustus, or Octavian at the time, waged war on the conspirators. Okay. When Augustus, or Octavian, became victorious, the Senate actually named him Imperator, Emperor. Right. So in trying to get rid of an emperor or a king... They it, created a new one. They created a new one. Wow. Ironic. Iron very ironic. Now, what does that have to do with us sitting here right now in beautiful South Philadelphia at Skyfall Studio? So, if Caesar was never assassinated, there would be no emperor. Ah, empire. okay. Since he was assassinated, they created an empire. After that, a snowball effect of events happened. For example, do you know how Christianity came about? Or why it's so popular? Because when it was being spread, the quality of life in general for most people was so terrible that they needed something to hang on to for the afterlife. Correct. But... It wasn't until 325 AD when Constantine the Emperor made it legal to be a Christian. Mm. Then 50 years later, Emperor Theodosius I made it the official religion of the Roman Empire. Okay. Which everybody had to convert to Christianity. Or they would be executed. Killed. Yes. Right. So if you never had Christianity, if it was never the official state of the Roman Empire, it would probably just be some small little religion that would probably have just fizzled right. out. Now it's global, at that time, a global power. Yeah, well, so some may say it still is. Yes. And now this ties in with the empire. The empire kept growing, so more people are becoming Christian. And as the empire grows, Christianity grows. Exactly. Now, think of it like this. When you're carrying laundry up from the steps and you're, it's in your arms, how hard is it to keep everything together? It's hard. That's what happened with the Roman Empire. They kept expanding their borders, but people com kept coming attacking. Yeah. Once they suppressed one revolt, Uprising. another one happened on the other side. Mm -hmm. So it was hard for them to keep their borders. Lo and behold, 476 AD, Germanic tribes brought down Rome. After that ensues the Dark Ages. 
Dark Ages, as we all know, tough times, mm. death, ignorance, people... Disease. Disease. People weren't reading. People couldn't get knowledge. Yep. The church had a stranglehold on all of the knowledge. Mm-hmm. What happens after the Dark Ages? The Renaissance. Okay. Renaissance, I did know that. Renaissance sparks a new wave of ideas, thinking, knowledge. The Renaissance leads to the Age of Discovery, which leads to the Age of the Scientific Revolution, which leads to the Enlightenment. All of this has an effect on 1492, when, in the Age of Discovery, Columbus finds America. Okay. Okay. If Caesar was never killed, there would be no Roman Empire. Right. And if there was no Roman Empire, there would be no Christianity. If there was no Christianity, there would be no Dark Ages. No Dark Ages, there's no Renaissance. No Renaissance, there's no Age of Discovery, no Scientific Revolution. Okay. So a cataclysmic change of events mm-hmm. came from... Julius Caesar. Being... Dictator. Being of... Rome and being assassinated. Beautiful. Folks, I hope you enjoyed that history lesson. From boy genius, Billy the Greek. Here at Skyfall Studios, we know him as Billy the Aardvark. But he does not appreciate that. Not sure I understand why. Do you hate the nickname? When I think of Aardvark, I think of Arthur. Okay. Or I think of Salvatore Dali's pet Aardvark. That's what we're going for. That's what we're going for. I'd rather be Dali than the Aardvark. What if you're both? Dali once said, I don't do drugs. I am drugs. Okay, that's a pretty cool quote. I so like I don't that. know if I could be both. Maybe if I'm on drugs, I could be both. Billy, to teach you something, the aardvark is a cunning creature with survival skills and tactics some may say are unmatched in the Sahara. Male aardvarks are known to build homes for their families and do whatever they need to survive. Fascinating creatures. The aardvark is an unbelievably fascinating creature. And Billy, now you've been labeled Billy the aardvark. Is it because of my insatiable quest for knowledge? Billy, just like you have an insatiable quest for knowledge, the aardvark has an insatiable quest to eat ants. Are ants my knowledge? Ants are the equivalent of your knowledge in this comparison. Interesting. I think it works. It kind of fits. It kind of fits. Folks, Billy the Aardvark. Billy, are we going to have you back on the show for another lesson at some point on the mark? Next week, maybe? Yeah, I can see that. We'll talk to our uh, higher-ups and see if we can get you penciled in for as soon as next week. Billy, fantastic information. This is the type of information that people need to be hearing from time to time. It doesn't have to be, you know, a 24-7 historical database, but... From time to time, it's nice to get this type of info, to learn something new. I'm sure our listeners enjoyed it. In fact, I, I know they did. Or at least I did. That was good stuff. That was good stuff, wasn't it, Tone? Absolutely. Jaw-dropping at times. Folks, we got to get to break. Billy, can't wait to have you back, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Phenomenal stuff.
We're back on the mark, folks. Man, Tony, Billy Harvard. He's an interesting guy. This guy knows a lot, doesn't he? Did you know any of that stuff? I knew none of it, Mark. Okay, I, I, knew, I knew a little bit of it because of my birthday. I was impressed. You answered some of those questions well. Yeah, yeah, I did my best. I felt like I was back in uh, school again. Yeah, well, you impressed me, so I'll give you that. Good, 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 good. I put on for my city a little bit. You did, absolutely. Okay, okay. Tone... Now that we can put the Greco-Roman history behind us, uh, let's get into what's going on in the NFL right now with these free agents. Crazy time in the NFL right now. Good players landing everywhere. I got to say, I think the uh, Raiders are winning free agency right now, hands down. They're not overdoing it, and they're bringing in impact players at the right positions, and they're sprinkling the impact players throughout the roster the right way. Also think the Eagles are adding some pieces. We've seen them do that in the past, and it hasn't worked out. But, you know, the past doesn't always tell the future. Maybe this time around it will. What are you making a free agency so far, Tom? Yeah, it's been a hectic week, hasn't it, Mark? I'll say this, man. Those Eagles, it's a win in itself just getting rid of those three bad contracts on them. They're not going to be paying any money to Marker. They're not going to be paying any money to Maxwell. Those are the two big names. Kiko Alonso out. Basically cutting all ties to the Chip Kelly era. And really in that same breath, that Miami Dolphin move, boy, that's questionable. They, they they dropped five picks in the first round. That's a huge five spots dropping from eight to 13. And they get Kiko Alonso, who was a shell of himself last year. Of course, first year back from that ACL injury. Yeah, I but mean, he's, he's light in the ass, ain't he? I mean, guy looks like a safety or a... You know, he, he, he's not Small. what a linebacker looks like. He's an undersized linebacker. Hell of an athlete, nice player. I don't think his body can hold up in the NFL. Um, those linebacker safety tweeners usually don't make it. No, he's fast. He's sideline to sideline, but he's injury prone, and he didn't show anything in Philly last year. Didn't show he could come back from that injury. And Maxwell, I mean, he was just horrible. When you really watch Eagles tape, I mean, here is a guy who was struggled in coverage, and he wouldn't tackle a thing. I don't know what he's good for. It's really just if you came from Seattle, you got to hide behind those big names, those Shermans, those Earl Thomases. So I think the Eagles made some big moves. Definitely early winner. Oakland Raiders couldn't agree more. I think it's a place everybody wants to go to right now. Which is insane to say. We would have never said that a year ago. We would have never said that two, three, four, five years ago. Frankly, we have never said it ever in free agency. Right, and now you got a guy, you got a young quarterback like Carr. I think that's something to build around. You got a young talent like Amari Cooper. You're putting the pieces, like you said, around them. This defense now, with Irvin coming in, I talked last week about how much I love Sean Smith. Sean Smith, very interesting. He was suspended three games start off this season. In those three games, Kansas City got smoked, gave up more than 30 yeah. points in all those games. When he came back, only twice the rest of the season did they give up more than not 30, 20 points. Difference wow. maker on defense. Yeah, he's a huge physical cornerback, which we mentioned last week. That's what's in in the NFL. That's what the Raiders covet. Another draw right now for the Raiders is that coaching staff, all the ex-players on their coaching staff, that's like a big thing for a lot of current players. They like being around that. They like playing for guys who can relate to them and been through what they've been through on and off the field. Sure, that's absolutely huge. I mean, just look what happened to Chip Kelly. This is a guy who was a dictator, never played. Right, Do it doesn't never coached work. in the NFL. Exactly, it doesn't work. It works with these college kids, these kids that are still 
into listening. They're still trying to make something out of themselves. Once you get to the NFL, these guys are making more than you. You cannot coach like that. So I do think it's a big advantage to have ex-players. Del Rio, he's a big he's a big players coach. That's what he's known for. Yeah. Turned around Jacksonville. He could turn around Oakland, too. Right, and sometimes players coach has a negative connotation. But uh, by no means do we mean players coach as in being easy on the players. Oh, no, that sure, cause, sure. Because Del Rio drills them. He does drill them, but understanding, I think and, that's and more the case. understanding fashion. There has to be a good balance. In everything you do in life, there has to be a good balance. And, and an NFL coach, a football coach, a baseball manager, an NBA head coach, it's the same thing. Maybe even more so, because you're dealing with a lot of different personalities, different upbringings, different everything, everything with these guys. Everything. But, uh, yeah, I don't think we'd be doing this free agent period justice either if we didn't talk a little bit about the defending Super Bowl champions kind of falling apart. Lost yeah. six starters already. I don't know if I've ever seen a, uh, a team get stripped so quickly uh, as the Denver Broncos have got stripped this year. Lost their starting quarterback, their backup quarterback, who was their potential starting quarterback, who was you know supposed to fill the void. Guy of the future Guy, was they, supposed to be Oswald. Awesome. He was training under Manning for four years. Yeah, wild. Uh, not to mention, it looks like they're going to lose their starting running back. They've already lost their middle linebacker, one of their defensive tackles, and they released a tight end and a guard. They're in, like, uh, shambles right now. They won the regular season. They won the postseason. They have lost the 2016 offseason so far. I mean, to not have a quarterback right now, it is very scary. I know they checked it, in on it Kaepernick. It doesn't matter who they come back with next year. Kaepernick, Hoyer, Fitzpatrick, Mike Glennon. Man, you can't have them favored to win a division. Gotta say, Houston's a big winner also, you know? It, Call me crazy, you bring in Lamar Miller, you bring in Brock Osweiler, pair with them with that defense. I don't know if Osweiler is worth four years, 72 million, 37 of which is guaranteed. He hasn't proven that. 18 million, though, is about the average going rate a year for a quarterback. Exactly. So, so I mean, you know, you know, but he's only played seven games. We don't know if he's even that. Apparently, Denver had a hard number. The fact that they were not willing to go over what they offered. I think there was six mil. They were not willing to. Right. So you know what? Maybe that tells me something. Denver's seen them for four years. Maybe they know something. But I do know right now for Houston, they got to be excited too. DeAndre Hopkins going to get the ball more. Yeah, don't hold me to that six mil, but it was... From what I heard, it was significantly less. Well, then that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, $72 is a lot of money, though. Let's call it what it is. Sure. Going four years for a guy who has it, has only played eight games, started seven in his whole entire NFL career. I don't worry about the $72 million. I just worry about the guaranteed money in sure, these contracts. Sure, which is 37 though. Yeah, which is a lot. Which is a lot for this guy. I don't love Lamar Miller. I certainly don't love Brock Osweiler. I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of what the Texans have done this offseason. I like their defense a lot already, so it's about putting the right pieces in. If Osweiler can be that guy to not make mistakes and all, just like Denver did this year, it could be Houston doing the same thing because they have a defense that could become top in the league. I find it fascinating. Eagles offseason getting pretty nice reviews. Man, are the fans being cautious with this. I noticed not a ton of celebration out of the Eagles fans right now. I think this is a story they've already seen play out more than once and they're not about to go overboard just because of some free agent pickups. Isn't that the truth? I mean, here's a group that I think still a little shell-shocked. I don't know if anybody was really expecting Chip to be out this year. Yeah, agreed. The national media, though, is all for what the Eagles are doing right now. I think I'm looking at it like most Eagles fans are on a wait-and-see deal, uh, see what that draft class looks like, see who else they add. 
I don't really trust their process right now. That's for sure. We'll never forget the dream team. Let's call it what it was. Yeah. And that worked out horribly. So yeah, it's going to take some time, but I'll say this. I think they locked up a lot of their guys, the guys that like being in Philly from Lane Johnson to both tight ends, Ertz, Selleck, you know what I mean? You bring back Bradford, who apparently might not be the best name out there, but for two years, here's a guy who apparently really wanted to be here, didn't even look at any other options, apparently loves Philadelphia, loves the restaurants in Philly from what I heard. Yeah. So it's guys that want to be here. They lock up those guys. You get rid of a lot of those big contracts that Chip Kelly swung and missed on. I think at the very least you could say it steps in the right direction. Yeah. With this whirlwind of NFL news, though, I don't think we can lose sight of the fact that On The Mark brought in the biggest free agent on the market. Didn't cost the most, but but the biggest name. Yeah, and folks, that name is Tony Nicky Jr. Yeah, we're going to have some fun times here, Mark. It's going to be good. So, Tom, why don't you tell us a little bit about the place in Margate you went to look at today? I've seen it a couple, but the one today specifically, very nice. Right on the beach. Got a nice path right from uh, my house. My back door goes on to a nice little deck area. Yeah. Take the steps down, nice little gate, go right out to the beach. It's, uh, that it's sounds phenomenal. Nice. And of course, it's wintertime. It was gorgeous here today, this afternoon, though, down there. It was close to 70 degrees. Got a little idea what this summer's going to be like. It's yeah. a phenomenal uh, place. Maybe we do a segment out there on a beach. Is that too much to ask? No, we we will. We will. Have the ocean noises in the background? That'll be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be real nice. You'll set up your man cave, I'm sure, in the basement. Absolutely. Absolutely. We got to start it all over. We're going to start fresh, but it's exciting. Won't have a woman's touch this time. The girlfriend will not be there with me, the ex-girlfriend. She doesn't want to come out to the East Coast. I don't want her here. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that might be better for the uh, quality of the show. You can have your head screwed on straight and we could, you know, keep putting out a a good product for all our listeners. Stay away from the bullshit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You need to clear your head a little bit. You need some time to just focus on your career and rebuilding your life, huh? Yeah. We're going to do some big things here, Marky. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we sign off, folks, have to thank our sponsors for tonight's show. Rock Nation. Hennessy XO. Title, Under Armour, Wendy's, and of course, Godiva Chocolate. Tony, it was a hell of a night between Chris Williams and Billy the Aardvark. I think a lot of information was put out there. I think our listeners could have learned a lot from this show. So happy to have you here now full-time. So happy you finally signed on the dotted line. Cannot wait to sit back at that place in Margate and have a few beers with you. In fact, I think we're going to head over to the bar after this and make a few Tangeray and Tonics. Folks, next week we're going to have another guest in the studio here at Skyfall that's just going to light your world on fire. But until then, good night, cruel world. The summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. It lingered there to touch your head and walk with me. All summer long we sang a song and then we strolled that golden sand. Two sweethearts and the summer wind Like painted kites 
Those days and nights, they went flying by. The world was new beneath a blue umbrella sky. Then softer than a fiber man, one day it called to you. To the summer wind, the autumn wind, and the winter winds, they have come and gone. Still the days, those lonely days, they go on and on. Guess who sighs his lullabies through nights that never end? Friend, the summer wind, the summer wind, warm summer.